if you got your Bible, Joshua chapter 3, it'll be up on the screens, but we talked about being more than a church, and uh, if you remember at, uh, when I, what was the service called when I, you know, you celebrated me as your new pastor, which was very, installation, I knew it was an ordination, I wanted to use that word now, installation service, um, Pastor Ray gave a, a very powerful message um, to us as a church, to me as a pastor, but what a, great, um, what a great model in Joshua we have as a courageous leader. And uh, ever since that moment, I've always liked Joshua as that leader, but I was just so inspired by that. And I've just been studying that over the last few months. And so there's that great chapter one. And in chapter one, this is, this is if you remember this morning, it was the 40th year, the end of the 40th year that, that Moses is going through basically what we know as the book of Deuteronomy. And he said, you know what, 40 years ago, we were 11 days from the promised land. And now we've spent 40 years wandering because we disobeyed and we acted out of fear instead of faith. And so that's the end of the 40th year. He dies in like the 11th month. You know, he dies basically at Thanksgiving. I just made that up. And there's a month of mourning for Moses, and then Joshua begins the four, basically the 41st year at the beginning of the book of Joshua. And it's at this point that God tells him, and he in turn uh, says, and this is in Joshua uh, chapter 1, the Lord says, go to, and Joshua tells his officers, go tell all the people, get ready. It's time to move. It's time to take the promised land. And so this is uh, in Joshua chapter, I want to make sure I, can you hand me my Bible? Don't worry, I have it bookmarked. So in Joshua chapter 1, the Lord says uh, in verse uh, 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you. Uh, I will give you every place you set your foot. It goes on in in verse uh, 10. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people probably his board of directors, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you're crossing the Jordan, uh, and you're going to go in there and take possession of the land the Lord is giving you as your own. He tells them to get ready. Now, skip to chapter 3. You can read chapter 2 later about the spies and Rahab, and what, a, what an awesome story that is. But it says that at this point, they're getting ready to go. They take this short journey just to the edge of the Jordan. They camp. And now they've already spied the land. I find it interesting that instead of sending 12 spies, he sends two. How many were brought back a good report the previous time? Two. What what a smart leader, right? He says, he finds two guys and says, are you men of faith or men of fear? We're men of faith. Okay, you two go scout out the land. Forget the other 10 jokers. And they go out and they bring back a report and they said, it's Let's do it. And he says, for surely the Lord has given us this land. So he says, early in the morning, this is the beginning of chapter 3. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out, and they go to the Jordan where they had camped. After three days, the officers go through the camp, again, giving the instructions. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are the Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Goes on in verse 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I don't know about you, but this speaks directly to me and to where I believe our church is at. I don't for a minute think we've wandered in the desert for 40 years. 
I think we're at that point where Moses was prior to the 40 years. I think we're 11 days. In fact, I think we're where Joshua is now. I think we're three days journey. I think we're three days. And I, I feel like the Lord is telling us, members, owners of Christian Chapel, to get ready. To get ready. We are three days, whatever amount of time that actually is, I don't know, but we're just a short distance away from crossing the Jordan River into the promised land of what God is calling us to, not just for our good, but for his glory. Let us never forget, this is all about him. It is not about us. It is all about him and one name, Jesus Christ. So he tells him to get Ready. I think they probably called a business meeting, much like this, right? And they, they went through their financials. We got 17 million cows here, right? They went through all that. And then he said, you know, get yourself ready because we're about to do this thing. Three days was the amount of time he was, they were given to prepare. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I, if I heard the instructions that we were about to move, some of you women would have been packed in less than 24 hours. I know you. Some of you would have been like, uh, on that last day, that third day, you would have been like, I think I'll throw a few things in my knapsack. And w-. Not me. I would have been ready because I wouldn't want, miss, I want, want to miss out. If the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord is about to pass by me, I'm getting ready. If I know the promise of God is ahead of me, I'm getting ready. Think about what the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord represents. First of all, think about what's inside that thing. The Ten Commandments, Moses' staff, and a jar of manna. Representing all the wonderful things that God had done. And the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord represents His very presence. So the presence, the Holy Spirit of God, is about to go in front of them. And Joshua, through his officers, tell all the people, get ready. When the Lord moves, you better follow. So be ready. You don't want to be napping or eating a snack. You want to be ready to go. And I want to be found ready when the Lord says, move. Think about Moses' prayer. You think about the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Think about Moses' prayer all those years before when he says, Lord, don't send us up from here if you don't send your Holy Spirit with us. What's going to separate us from all the other peoples of this land, if your Holy Spirit's not with us. So here goes the Ark of the Covenant, right? In front of the people. And Joshua's saying, you better follow it. That's what separates us from everybody else in this world, is the power of that Holy Spirit in that box that surrounds that thing. Don't even touch it, because it will drop you dead, silly, right when you touch it, right? In fact, it warns, says, don't even get... Too close to it, stay about a thousand feet away. I don't even know how far that is, but I would stay just far enough behind. And I would push somebody else. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Verse four is, is the challenge. When you follow the Holy Spirit, listen. Verse four. Then you will know which way to go, since you've never been this way. Church, we're about to go someplace we've never been before. God has taken each of us on our own journey to some pretty awesome places. But I believe that he's taking us to greater places, greater experiences, 
for the great fame of his name. And he's taken us places we've never been before. We don't even know how to get there. Now, there's only one, two people, actually, in this caravan of over a million people, probably two million people at this point, Joshua and Caleb. They've been there. They've been there. The only two people in all of those two million people have, who have been there. And I tell you, those of you who've been praying with me, our board, our finance committee, our missions committee, my wife, who hears these dreams in, in, at night, I've been there. A good leader doesn't have to go there physically. But a great leader better go there mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And that's my promise to you. And this board is we're out there. We see it. I mean, we see it to the point where we feel like we can grasp it. That's why we can write in a budget greater than we we saw last year. Not because we're, we're just pulling numbers out of the sky. Trust me, I didn't get into pastoring to raise funds. You know, I, I would have joined a fundraising organization. I did not get into pastoring to ask for money or raise money or raise funds other than for missions because I love missions. But I didn't get into it for that. But I see what God has put before me and before us as a church. And he's saying, follow the Holy Spirit and he will lead you. And you better follow because you're going to go places you've never gone before. And this is the challenge that lays before each and every one of us is to get ready. I know the people of Israel surely weren't going to enter the promised land by doing things the way they've always been done, the way they've been taught, and the way they'd always done it. They trusted the Spirit of God to lead them in places in ways they'd never gone before. And you know what the first obstacle was? The Jordan River. Read the, read the book. The Jordan River. I've been to the Jordan River. There are places you could probably just walk across ankle deep. There are places maybe a little higher. The Jordan River where they're crossing is at flood stage. Come on, think about the Missouri River, the Mississippi River at flood stage. Are you kidding me? You, seen, you, know, you saw all those floods recently. This is what that's like. It's, a, it's just a flat plain. There's not much there. As soon as that water starts to rise, it gets deep pretty quick. So it's at flood stage. And the command to, to the priest is to go, uh, go in front of everybody. And when you get to the Jordan River, stick your feet in. Now the truth is the Jordan River does, uh, doesn't have like a sandy bank, like a beach where you just kind of wander in. This is a full-out plunge where you're like, okay, whoosh, and you're going to fall in. I wonder if these priests in their dresses, how they do that? I mean, here, would you hold my skirt? You know, I don't know how, but they had to, you know, it's much like Peter getting out of the boat. It's not a canoe. I mean, you got to jump in and hang on and let go. And these priests are jumping into the water, holding this ark. And it says that when their feet hit the water, the Jordan River split in half. It stopped up on either side, and they walk through on dry land. It doesn't say they walk through on marshy, kind of sloppy, wet ground. It was dry. And I'm telling you, church, we face an obstacle, a financial obstacle. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing facing us right now, is a financial obstacle. I tell you what, the, the people of Israel, the Jordan River, 
wasn't their biggest problem. The Jordan River was not going to shoot them. It wasn't going to attack them. They probably could have figured out a way across it. Their biggest challenges were going to come when they hit Jericho. They didn't even know what they were going to do at that point. God was going to take them places they'd never been, and they were going to do things they'd never done that seemed really silly at the time. Can you imagine Joshua saying, here's our plan. We're going to walk around the city once, and then we're going to go to sleep. And then we're going to do that for five more days, so six days total. And then on the seventh day, we're going to walk seven times around. Okay, and then when do we get to, like, launch our attack? Then we're going to blow trumpets. You're going to what? <laughs> we're going to blow trumpets, right? I mean, when you follow the Holy Spirit of God, sometimes you do things that just don't make sense in the natural. But the Jordan River is right in front of them. That's their big obstacle at this point. And none of these people had crossed, crossed the Red Sea except for Joshua and Caleb. These are the only two guys who remember that experience. So I'm sure for Joshua, it was like, been here before. Watch this. God's going to take care of it. I've seen God do amazing things. And if he's telling us to cross our biggest obstacle in some way that we're not even sure we can do, I say we trust him. I say we go ahead and put our feet in the water and see what happens. And that's not, that might be foolishness, I guess. The gospel is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who believe and are saved is the power of Christ. And I believe that. And here's what I wrote to myself. You'll have to do things you've never done before. You'll have to do things you've never seen before. You'll have to do things you've never done before. I'm sorry, I read that one. You will have to go places you've never gone before. And you will have to be with people you've never been with before. That's kind of scary. What kind of people will God bring to us? We might have to spend more time together. You will have to face fears with courage you've not known before. You will have to have faith that you've not stepped into before. But you will have favor and influence you've not been granted before. And you will have resources and blessings you've not had before. Get ready, church. Man, there's so much I want to share. The time is getting late. I want to talk to you someday here soon about the church that I see. I've been sharing parts of that. But I'm inspired by guys like Brian Houston, who's got a little church called Hillsong in a little city, a city called Sydney, Australia. Got churches popping up all over the world now. That's amazing influence. Church I see has amazing influence with churches popping up all around mid-Missouri. So we need to get ready. We're going to plan for growth. That's why Shannon's doing this hard work back behind, behind the scenes to handle volunteers and to do well with the resources that, that we pledge to this church in, in, in the time that we give. We're planning for growth in our, in our team, our staff. I still believe we're going to need to hire staff someday. And we're going to have to add on to this church. Can you believe that? Our children's ministry is already busting at the seams. And we're going to have to, you know, put them in closets and stuff. I'm kidding. Erase that from <laughs> We need to start thinking about that now. Because by the time we get there, it's going to be too late. We've got to think about that stuff now. We've got to be ready for new people. And we have to have seed to plant. No farmer foolish enough to use up all his seed during winter because he's hungry. He 
He saved some seed for the planting. We need seed ready to plant new churches. That means we have to have people and money. That's the simplest way I can put it. I don't know. Right? People is a big thing. Uh, everything else will fall into its place. But we need to have the seed in the heart of people to see that, hey, we could plant a church. Man, I've been praying for Ashland for two years. I live there now. I love that town. Why don't we have a church there? Get ready, church. Sorry if I dream a little bit. But we need to get rid of debt. That's our Jordan River right now, is our income and our debt. And you know what? As we talk through budgets, we looked at nearly a $90,000 deficit between our, our cash deficit and our line of credit. And part of that's uh, the school owes us. I thank God that this time last year, we were looking at over $105,000. And the very first board meeting I sat in, we talked about the fact that we were going to run out of our line of credit in less than two months. The Lord has taken care of his people. Isn't that amazing? I think that's amazing. Some of you agreed with it. But I'm telling you, our debt, it's not our biggest challenge that we'll ever face. That's just the Jordan River. The scary thing is there's bigger challenges ahead. (laughs) Uh, And I'm just crazy enough to believe that our creative God is going to give us creative ways to tackle those issues. He's going to tell us to march around stuff figuratively. (laughs) But when I I told our board, we were talking, and they all understood this, I said, we can't stay here. We can't stay shackled to debt and to income that that is less than what we need. That's, that's a, an anchor to what God is calling us to. We can't stay here at this mountain. I've heard that preached somewhere before. We can't stay here. We have to move forward. And perhaps I'm preaching to the choir a little bit. But I trust you as the officers of this church, as owners and members, that you in turn will turn around to those who are attenders and maybe the other members who didn't make it tonight. And you will say, get ready. Get ready. And you will begin to carry that banner with you. And you will begin to pray and work accordingly. And our church board, I said, we have to lead the way. We're the leaders of this church. If we're going to ask our people to do something, we better lead the way. So we looked at our $90,000 deficit. And we divided it by the number of members. And I, I think we came up to about $500, just over $500 per member between now and when our, our, is that our line of credit or our mortgage? Our mortgage has a balloon payment in May, at which time our bank is saying, well, why don't you just roll in your debt and we'll just, you know, we'll keep, keep going along, which is fine. We can, do, we can do that. There, there's some great options ahead of us that are actually going to allow us to reduce our monthly outflow uh, and just refinance our current level of debt. But they're saying, hey, why don't you just roll in your, your 90000 Makes sense, right? We don't want to live on credit. Nor do we think we should finance that credit, only to find ourselves back in that same situation and this conversation again. I don't want to have this conversation again. Not about debt. There's not a lot of vision in debt, right? 
Dead is looking backwards. That's not fun. I want to look forward. So I said 90,000 divided by 150 people. So we can eliminate that debt by the time May rolls around. It's just over $500 per member. I'm not talking about attenders. I'm talking about people who sign their name on the dotted line that, yes, I'm a member and an owner of this church. I said, all right. That means for us, those of us who are married in this on the board of directors, that's over $1,000 between now and May. And I said, what do you guys want to do? And they said, I'm in. The board of directors is leading the way. So I'm putting it to you, church. Darcy and I will lead the way. Your board of directors will lead the way. Your finance committee is going to lead the way. I met with my staff this week. They're going to lead the way. Are you in? I'd love, I'd love when May rolls around to have that debt wiped out completely. That's our Jordan River. And, and I know there's so many people that attend this church that will hop in with us. They just need somebody to go in first. That's always scary, isn't it? But I think we can do it. And I, I mean, I'm looking at the budget. I've stared at this thing more times. That's why I can't even talk straight tonight. I've looked at these numbers so long, and I've looked at the, the past numbers trying to make sense of, of where we're going and get a sense of what we can do. And I have a sense that the only way this is going to be possible is if, one, we trust God, but two, we work. And we, we take a part of this, and we get rid of it. Now, there was, there was somebody, you told us, Larry, was it five months ago? gave $10,000 to to the debt reduction and knocked out a huge chunk of that. And this person's challenge was, who will join me in knocking out that debt? And we didn't didn't really advertise that a whole lot other than I think that one meeting. But I'm telling you, there's already a person who knocked out $10,000. That's why the debt is where it is today, $75,000 on the church side. Look at $105,000 before. And that's our biggest obstacle. So I want to ask you to consider that. But there's something I don't want you to miss in this scripture, that when Joshua says, get ready, he says, consecrate yourself. The word consecrate, there is an idea of repentance in that. It's a purification before a great act of God. That's what consecration is. Before a great sacrifice or before a great act of God, The people were required to consecrate themselves. And in that is an act of repentance. But consecrate, where repentance is looking back at what you've done, and it's a turning around and going the opposite direction, consecration is looking forward. There's no eyes on the past. It's all looking forward at what God is about to do. And Joshua says to the people, the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Spirit of God is about to pass by, consecrate yourselves. Get ready and consecrate yourselves. So therein lies a challenge, church, is for us to consecrate ourselves. Before we go dipping our feet in the water of the Jordan River and and tackling this debt that is before us, we might want to consecrate ourselves first. Consecrate yourself. It's a purification. And this past week, I've been saying, God, forgive me. Man, I, I got some hurt and some pain and some anger about the things that have happened in this past year. 
And I say, God, help me to forgive. Help me to love beyond what I'm capable of doing. And help me to put my eyes on you. I consecrate myself. And church, we need to repent. Some of you need to repent specifically for things that have happened in this church. I can't take away the pain. And I don't think I did it to you. If I did, you better tell me. But you need to consecrate yourself. And repent and look forward. Because that's the only way we're getting across the Jordan River. And you know what happens when that water parts? It says all two million of them make it through. All two million go through. And we're all going to make it through. We need to consecrate ourselves. If you need to repent, you need to ask God to help you forgive or to forgive you, you better do it. Because we're going ahead. That's all I got. I believe God is calling us to that. And we better get ready. Lord, would you bless your people, as your word says. As they step out in obedient action and in faith with eyes of faith and courage. As your people, would you bless them? Would you bless us? Would you cause your light to shine upon them? Would you go before them and hem them in from behind? Be next to them, walking on them with their journey. Be underneath them, lifting them up and above them, protecting them and singing over them with with joy. Lord, this is your church. It's built on you. And you will sustain it. We trust you. Find us faithful. Give us wisdom. And bless us with creative ideas. Grow your church for your kingdom's sake, not ours. May the name of Jesus be lifted high. And forever be proclaimed from Christian Chapel. It's in that name we pray. Amen.